0: Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software, and that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing, and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. We are live and we're back. It's been a few weeks since our previous season ended and we are back now with season nine. It's good to be with you. Camille, good to see you again.
1: Hello, Dan. It's been forever.
0: I know. We have seen each other a little bit in other situations, but it's good Mm -hmm. to be back with you. We're missing Allie. Allie, we give her a valid excuse to be not with us. I believe she's on a honeymoon right now.
1: I can't believe she would choose a honeymoon over talking about (laughs) Airtable.
0: I know. I'll bet bet, uh, her honeymoon was all planned out in Airtable.
1: I'm sure it was.
0: I'm sure Airtable was a big part of that. (laughs) Very cool. Well, it's good to be back with everybody for a new season. Um, we're excited to be with you, and there's been a lot going on. So why don't we jump in? And as always, uh, Airtable, the Built on Air podcast for Airtable is a live show that we do every week um, through a, for a three month basis, and then we take a, a month off. So we're back with our new season of season nine, and we always um, will do four different segments on our show. And we always start off with Round the Bases, where we'll talk about what's going on in the community. This one will probably go a little bit longer because we've been off for four weeks and Mm -hmm. there's been a lot going on in the community. So we actually have two months worth of um, updates that we got to talk about. So this might uh, we might need to refresh our memory, Camille, but let's Mm -hmm. start with July. Um, the updates the, through the July. So this was posted at the beginning of August. And uh, let's see. So my favorites for views,
1: um, which, again, I think is, is more useful for other users because my the teams that I have on Eartable are very few people. So it's not like we have a great many number of views that I need to filter out. But it seems like, something that's super useful if you if you need several several views but you but you personally only look at like four
0: yeah so the favorites view yeah so you can Mm -hmm. put things in your favorite um that's only a pro plan so you can't use that on your your free ones but um definitely useful for sure and and just kind of an extension of their we've talked about previously their grouping so now you can create segments or sections with, within your views so managing views is definitely something they they put some emphasis on uh, what else so the view menu they've readjusted the view menu. Um, and then the add record, so now there's a there's a button that's that's omnipresent that's there, so you can click on that button to add a new mm-hmm. record. So that is good. Um, so it looks like they they added a little bit to the trigger, the add schedule, add scheduled time.
1: Yes, which I think is probably my favorite addition. It just gives more control about. Um, when something actually goes out, it's not quite solving the need for delaying an action if you are triggering based on like a record update or something like that. But it is super useful if you are sending out like newsletters or something like that that needs to go out every Monday at four o'clock. Well, now yep. you can do that.
0: Yep, yep. I think you could do it because they had a 24 hour. um mm, mm-hmm. But yeah, and I think you could set the time. So this just made it a little bit easier. And then monthly is useful as well. So definite improvements there. Um, preview email looks like was another change. So that's useful for your emails to see what the rendered version looks like with your data.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I so I guess overall July was was a fairly quiet month. Anything else in there?
1: No, I think there was minor sort of um, tweaks to UI, but not necessarily new features.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's good. I think it did. Um, is this the one that generated quite a buzz? Yeah, it seemed like it always generates a, a buzz of interest. Um So, yeah, a few things there in July. So let's move on to August. This is the more recent one that that just came out. Mm -hmm. What what stood out here for you?
1: Again, there's new UI adjustments, but I'm trying to remember if it was this month.
0: (laughs) I think that was uh, this change. Yeah,
1: so they've kind of consolidated um, where options are, and they've also... Base guide, I think is the same as base description, but I think they're putting more emphasis on it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really use base descriptions. Um, I think they're trying to encourage the use of them a little bit more so that people and teams kind of stay on track for what a base is supposed to be and how it's supposed to be laid out and and all of that. So.
0: I know for me, it used to be to share a base. The option would be right there when you click the drop down. It took me a second to to find where the share moved to. Mm -hmm. So that was a thing. It's not that big a deal, but there are still a few options there. So something's got a little bit more difficult. What else? Linked records. So you can now link records using the primary field. That's big, right? Because before Mm -hmm. you needed to know the ID of the linked record, and now you can use the name unless it's a formula, which is unfortunate because I I feel like I do a lot of primary fields with a formula.
1: I do too. And um, I feel like there was a brief window of time where we used to be able to do linking to records that had a formula as the primary field, but no, I don't believe that's been the case for at least a few months now. And so I hope there's a workaround that kind of allows that without having to use the scripting blocks you can always link together records um using scripting but it's just easier in an update record action especially if you only have the free plan because you don't get scripting as an option
0: yeah 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 for sure so we got that okay in table Okay, so they have the ability to expand and collapse. So again, more more work on the view management side. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing so, restrictions.
1: Yeah, that's nice. So that if you share your workspace with somebody, um, you can, if you're the workspace owner, you can say don't allow collaborators to add other collaborators. So you don't end up accidentally paying for like your friend's friend once they're in your base, um, without your prior knowledge. So that's nice. It it allows you to have a little bit more control over who get, who gets access.
0: Right. I remember, I am sure this is based off of feedback. Wasn't there a big community thread talking about the, the security aspect of that where it was easy to leak data?
1: Yeah, there's, um, There's a few concerns that are still unresolved with regard to like, I only want to be able to, I want to show this portion of data to these people. And I want these people to edit this portion of data, but not see everything else. And there's a lot of um, intricacy that isn't really handled with the sharing and um, permission structure that Airtable has, but this is a step towards um, at least the, viewing portion of that like you can't just add new people without the workspace owners uh permission
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so still some work to do there Mm
1: -hmm.
0: gantt view looks like there's improvements there uh i honestly don't use the gantt view do you use gantt much
1: um not quite um I used it a little just to test out what these um, improvements were, and they were very useful. Um, so you can move more than one record at a time if you're sliding it up and down the timescale. So just pretty useful. I'm, I'm glad it's getting updates because it used to be an app, and now it's an official view type. And so, you know, it's a good sign that they didn't just, you know, shift stuff around. They actually are adding to it.
0: Yeah, for sure, it's definitely a focus of theirs. And so, all right, on the scripting side, some cool things. If you have access to, to Meta API, I think it's. I've I've heard people saying that that they're they're not um, allowing new people in. They did have a window where they were giving access to it, um, but if you do have access to it, they finally gave more information about the select options, as well as uh, information about linked records. So this was huge for me in my case, where I I rely heavily for our software platform on the meta API. And uh, we had some workarounds to get some of this information. This made it much easier. So I was very happy to see this. And then I know you were involved on the blocks SDK. You wanna give an update there on what they were doing?
1: Um, well, I was, I was working on something else (laughs) relating to the,
0: no, there's
1: a, there's like a beta for the uh, command line interface for the blocks SDK that I was trying to wrap my head around and it's fine if you don't need any customizations to it, but like if you need to. Customize uh, the the bundling process. It starts getting really complicated and blah 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 blah. But the update for last month was um, you can uh, you can delete uh, select options from a select field, which is nice. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's useful as well. There's still mm-hmm. more work to do for them to 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 really be able to once they can figure out formula meta um, mm-hmm. updates then then you can really do some stuff with the SDK there. But they did a big one was the metadata. You can now create tables, fields, update field options from the scripting Mm -hmm. app. I don't know if you remember, do you remember when they first launched the scripting block? They actually had this as part of the API and then they took it away. And uh, so now they're finally bringing it back.
1: I don't recall that probably because I wasn't at the time it was first launched. I wasn't good enough at JavaScript to have been doing anything that advanced.
0: Yeah. It's so. crazy. You've come a long ways. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So.
1: Crash course. Thanks. That's Thanks, AirTable.
0: Sure. So that's good. I think um, in a future week that this will be a good um, scripting um time, uh, segment to, to Mm -hmm. showcase those functions. I was thinking about doing that today, but I'm going to do a different one. So we'll definitely, if you guys want to hear that, let us know in the comments and we'll, we'll for sure do that in a future episode. So those are the, those are the big ones. Um,
1: uh, we, I don't know if you're going to bring it up as well, but we have a new sort of community representative on the Airtable forums. Um, Jordan.
0: Yeah, I so, don't have that one. but yeah, go ahead.
1: But yeah, sometime in the last two months, I don't recall when, <laughs> um, someone from Airtable has just sort of introduced themselves to the Airtable community. And it's my understanding that she'll be present on the forums um, every now and again uh, to provide feedback and to answer s- some sort of like larger questions that you know, power users like us might not know. Um, if it requires like internal knowledge of how Airtable actually works under the hood, or something like that. Um, and she's just going around asking people in the in the forums what it what's what's your read on the Airtable community and and what can be improved and all that.
0: I believe it. I believe
1: it Jordan important. Scott.
0: Yeah, here we go. Yep. Yeah. Community introductions. There we go. Yeah, so yeah, and this is a good place to introduce yourself. Looks like there's been some good uh intros there. I haven't mm-hmm. taken the time yet myself. Looks like Camille hasn't either.
1: Well, not on this post. There's um, a uh, yeah, there's a uh a form link where you can fill out and just re- request a, a right, right, right. virtual sit down and all that.
0: Yep, yeah. So yeah, check it out. So yeah, it looks like mm-hmm. they're they're adding people, and and um, Jordan heading up that that effort. Um, there's also there's also a new uh, person over developer relations. So um, I believe I have a call with him this week, and so I might have more information next week on what they're doing there. So that's mm-hmm. good. He, I saw him post on Twitter that he's interested. So if you haven't reached out to him, Camille, you should as well. I see. Um, so I don't think he posted in the community. I just saw it on Twitter. All
1: right.
0: And uh,
1: I never open Twitter.
0: Yeah. I'm yeah, so behind. I, honestly, <laughs> I only do it to find what people are saying about Airtable. <laughs> All right, here's the one uh, that, that you're familiar with. So yeah. Is, uh, CLI beta.
1: So I accidentally tied up, I think, all of, not all, but a lot of uh, Airtable's uh, developer resources to, to, like hurtling down this rabbit hole. So um, I was working on a project for a client that um, needed a uh React library that required the use of Webpack to bundle CSS. So um, the regular Airtable Blocks environment, it doesn't support Webpack because it has its own bundling sort of process that you can't really edit. Where there, there's a public beta for the Blocks CLI that made reference to custom bundling. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's possible maybe. And rabbit hole. So the block CLI beta uses Webpack by default. So if you're lucky, and you don't if you don't need to change anything about the Webpack's configuration or anything, there's a good chance that the block CLI might work out of the box. It is a beta. So I mean, buyer beware. But my problem is I needed um, CSS loader, which is a separate sort of like plugin almost for Webpack. So I I needed to customize it. And so in order to do that, you would have to copy the entire bundle, the the whole CLI, I guess, code, and then make changes to that and then point your block to that changed block of code. And it was, I was, I was running into like so many different errors that were related to like, just typescript not wanting to work for me and i couldn't like all of my import statements would have had to be changed to require statements which would have taken forever and it it i think it's possible but it was like much it was a much more complicated task than i thought it would be and that was basically what that post was and there's not a lot of information in that post because a lot of this happened back and forth via email and I said, as soon as I figure it out, I'll I'll put it in the forums. I never figured it out, so <laughs> that's that is the gist of what happened. And, and so, they're,
0: and they're stumped as well.
1: They they're they're kind of stumped, but not really. So it works for them.
0: Oh, the problem
1: really? is there's something with my environment. That I'm I must be missing a package or reusing the wrong version of a particular package. And they gave me options, which included converting all the import statements into require statements but again that would take forever cuz it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot of code to go in and edit and to double check that you are oh. you know bringing in related files the correct way so it it would have taken more time than i had for the project so
0: yeah 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 that any developer listening knows the pain of dealing with your environment and everything works <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we've got Brian.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I find myself saying that sometimes and I have to stop myself. Well, it works for me. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was, And to be honest, I got more sort of interaction than I was immediately expecting because the the forums, generally speaking, don't have a lot of interaction from Airtable, um, employees it's a lot of like users helping users yep. with the exception of the developer portion of the forums i've noticed that one category seems to have the most interaction with people um who work for airtable on their developer side because it's they're the hardest questions to answer really and so like I don't know emma Yeep who was who commented on the post and was also helping me behind the scenes um and there's just so many people. <laughs> there's there was like four different developers who were like tasked with trying to help me out with this issue and so um i was very appreciative and i think once this beta is a little bit further along i don't think customization was something that they had yet accounted for so hopefully in the next iteration or when um if this beta moves past beta and becomes the official cli in the future hopefully there's like a plug and play sort of thing that we can do if we want to just add something to it i wasn't trying to do anything too crazy it was just the only way to do it would have been to copy the whole thing and make a series of edits that i was not prepared for
0: yeah yeah for sure so yeah still it it is doable but yeah there's definitely limitations with the with the block cli and Mm -hmm. and uh um app development that they've got going on but Hopefully there's improvement in the future. All right, next topic. This is the big uh, pricing question with the scripting app and whether it will be free or paid. And so they, let's see. So this started many, many moons ago. Um, You wanna give some back history on this?
1: Yeah, so. Oh, God, when? (laughs) September 2018, I want to say, somewhere around that time, the scripting block as well as custom apps um, were released for Airtable, and they were released with, like, this disclaimer, will be free for six months. Um, Six months came and went, and then they extended it, and then they extended it again. And then I think at that point, someone on the forums, not this post, another post from, like, a year ago was like, is it free or not? And so a bunch of us gave gave our opinion and um, we made like a side bet. Bill French and I on the forums made a bet about whether or not Airtable would continue this sort of dance versus whether they would make it um, a paid product. I took the stance at some point it's going to be a paid feature, just like all the other apps. You um, you would need Pro ProPlan or, or higher. And Bill said, that they would probably make it free because it's, it's so beneficial for them to have people take care of their own problems, essentially. And so we bet each other a sandwich. And then another six months passed and they extended the deadline again. And I think that's where we are now, where they have just recently extended the deadline again for it to be um, free until it's a paid feature, allegedly. And so it's not... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it's effectively free i guess it's the best way to describe it um but yeah it's just it's it's frustrating not to have a reliable answer because we technically have an answer they just change their minds yeah. on august 31st and then extend it for another six months or something so yeah. I you know, I think it would behoove Airtable to just pick a day and be like we're not extending it anymore if that's if that's their decision that it's going to be a pro feature. It should just be made a pro feature without this sort of continuing on or if they want to make it free it should just be free and not keep yanking the chain along so yeah.
0: They did hint, they they say we're still in the middle of some planning that affects this outcome. So yes. there are some pricing, planning, or, yeah. or underlying changes coming that uh, impact this. So they're yes. kicking the, the can down the road until they decide that.
1: <laughs> Airtable Air has hinted that they were working on the structure of how certain things are priced. Um, and we have absolutely no details for what that might be until the announcement has actually been announced. But I, I have said before that I think a a model I would like to have seen is a plan where you can pick one app per either per base or per workspace that is free, like you pay for just that app, because sometimes you might not need everything else. So if someone only needs scripting and not chart or maps or anything else, just let them have scripting as part of that more limited plan, and then leave everything else alone. If you need more apps, get a pro plan. Um, I think it's strange to have one, just one, a single app in in the marketplace that is free and everything else is paid. So it's either, I think there needs to be retooling there if they wanted to make scripting app. Um, free in a permanent sense like I wouldn't make it an app I would just make it like automations as its own tab Goes automations and apps I would just have scripting as its own tab then because it's removing putting some yeah. separation there because otherwise it's just it's very strange to have like 40 some odd apps and one of them is free yeah, and yeah. everything else is paid
0: yeah, I will say though that, like Bill uh, hinted at, if if they do make it paid, it there will be <laughs> chaos and hell France. to pay. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know a lot of people have begun to rely on scripting because it's been it's been out for like two years now. So yeah. a lot of people at this time have either gotten their feet wet, started to learn code, or they've hired some developer to write them code, or they posted on the forums and I wrote them code, and so a lot of people have some amount of scripting in their bases now. And it'll be unfortunate if they just suddenly lose access to it. Um, I, not even suddenly, because again, it's been two years, but if they one day lose access to it because it becomes um, put behind a paywall. So, um, you know, if it were just the initial six month trial period, check out scripting and then it's, it's paid. I don't think much of us would have had any complaint at all, but the fact that it's been... Um, so undecided, so strangely undecided for yeah. so long is, is what's frustrating.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to start moving through a little bit quicker. Um, oh, yeah. So the, this one's real quick. So they made a change. Have they reverted this? I haven't checked recently. So they made a change where when you look up uh, uh, on here, oh, yeah, so they did. Or, or maybe this one hasn't gone back. But for a while, when you click on the hamburger menu, it didn't give you the the list of existing ones. You had to search for it, and uh, it was very frustrating because everybody's like, "Where'd my views go?" or where'd my tables go?" <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that was yeah, here's the old one. so i don't I don't know. maybe they've gone back or this might be a base that doesn't have it implemented. They might still be testing that feature.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> just,
0: yeah, that, Jesus. That's a nice schema there. <laughs> yeah. And that one. Uh, yeah. Just imagine how many tables they had. Mm-hmm. Cool. We need to have a contest where people share their schemas and craziest one gets a prize. Oh my we actually God, might geez. do that. <laughs> I won't win. Yeah. There's some <laughs> crazy ones out there I've seen. Okay. Here's the meta. We already talked about this. So, so, and like I mentioned, we'll be doing a a scripting time talking about this. So we'll go into more detail on the new um, features that you can do in scripting. Now let's move on to, uh, to uh, the built on air community. One thing I was going to highlight this just came out what yesterday. I think so. I noticed it. So if you see something new in automations, they haven't announced this, so they released it without any kind of discussion on the forums from what I've seen. I don't know if you've seen any, but they're working on um, reworking. As far as I can tell, at this point, there's no new functionality. It's just a new UI um, on how you design it. But you can tell that they're kind of setting it up to where you can get more sophisticated with your automations.
1: It now, when you're editing an automation, it forces it to be full screen, which to me says that there's going to be there has to be. There's no way why would they force you to have as much possible viewing space unless they were going to allow branching? Yeah, because everything else was linear before. So yeah. my I'm expecting to see kind of branching sort of paths. Yeah. So I and just want to be able to
0: there, you're creating groups now groups of actions. so this is a group you can collapse and you Mm -hmm. add your actions within a group so there's going to be more groups yes yeah for sure so that that will be cool you can tell this is kind of laying the groundwork for that so that's exciting Mm -hmm. um so you'll notice that and next one up um okay so this is a real annoying one i'm actually this is what i'm going to do my scripting time on so we don't need to go into too much detail here but basically in if you if you do scripting you'll notice the last month um you're seeing a lot more red squiggly lines and and drawn out and and corrections and so they're they're getting stricter with their what's what's um valid code in the scripting and so we'll be talking about that and workarounds um that are on there, so that was another heated discussion that myself was not happy to see, as long as others. So we'll get into that in oh my another Lord. segment.
1: We, I just checked uh, our Slack community. Someone made a post. Can you please go to ctable.io, S e a Table.io.
0: I, I believe I've seen this before.
1: I don't know if I've seen this one before. It's like they didn't even try. <laughs> it's like it's so, <laughs> it is so blatant, it's crazy. Yeah. The other ones I've seen, there's like- Wow. The other ones I've seen are pretty close and you know, you, you know, things are gonna look similar, sure. This is <laughs> egregious. They, change.
0: they don't call it apps, they call them plugins.
1: <laughs> okay, wow.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, this is wow. <laughs> I almost feel like they've taken pictures of Airtable and Yeah. It's
1: it's it's down to the color. When you color records in a particular view, the indicator to the left, that is like the one complaint that people have about record coloring is that they want to color the whole row and not just a little indicator to right, the left. Right. If you're gonna copy, <laughs> improve.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, crazy. Jeez, everything.
1: They didn't even try.
0: Wow, that is crazy. Um, interesting, but you can install it on your own server, so that some people yeah. like. It's like they've got customers. So that's interesting. I think I've seen this before, but they—they, they, I think they've done a complete redesign because I don't remember it being. Exactly like uh, Airtable. Mm -hmm. So even the name, you know, from air to sea. (laughs) Yeah,
1: wait a minute. (laughs) The four nations once lived in harmony.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. That'll That'll be interesting. You know, I guess.
1: Sorry to derail. I got a notification from Slack and was
0: like, wow. Yeah, that's funny. All right, let's go on. Let's go to the Reddit community. Um, so just question about, um, Google spreadsheets being slow is, is Airtable <laughs> any faster? I don't know that it's any faster than Google Sheets.
1: How many records or rows uh, Sheets
0: are... can support many more records?
1: Yes. So I'm imagining that they're, they have a great many number, um, I don't I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, Google Sheets, they they count on cells, so it's like a a million cells, I think. So you buy oh, okay. uh, your columns by your by your records.
1: Um okay.
0: so I think that's how they cap their their size, but it's definitely bigger than than uh Airtable. Than Airtable. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll see. That is one big thing that, that I hope, fingers crossed, that Airtable can figure out um, increasing their their speed and their capacity. Yeah. So, all right. So this is a common question. Interesting to hear mm-hmm. your your thoughts on um,
1: multi multiple
0: select versus link tables. This seems to come up every every few months.
1: Yeah, there's there's advantages and disadvantages um more often than not I found that making a new linked table doesn't have all that many drawbacks depending on what your sort of setup is. So um what if you the have the
0: drawback is hmm? the, the coloring.
1: Yes, I was going to say <laughs> that if, if the UI sort of is different it's um and uh if you ha- if you use form views and one of the options would have been either the multi-select or the linked record. You might prefer the user interface for multi-select because you can um, show everything as a list with like check boxes or um, radio icons. No, that's single select, but still. Um, And then that's another sort of drawback. You can more easily enforce one option being selected if you use multi-select versus single select than if you do using a linked table because you can say allow only linking one record but there's not you can force it you know what I mean like you if you use scripting or if you use Zapier or something you can force it to link to multiple records but if you are um if you want to store any amount of information about a select option a linked table is usually the way to go so I've seen a lot of people who post in the forums asking I have five options, red, blue, green, et cetera. If they choose green, I want to charge them $5. If they choose red, I want to charge them 10. You can do that with like a switch formula um, that says if green, then five, if red, then 10. I hope those are the numbers that I used 10 seconds ago. I've already forgotten. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the more options that you have, the harder it is to sort of keep track and harder it is to update. You don't want to go in and fiddle with a formula every time you have a new option um, or if the pricing changes, but if you use a linked table, you could have one um, record per option, red, green, blue, et cetera. And then just a simple column that says, what's the price and then use rollups or lookups to bring that information back into your original table. And it's much easier to, uh, to a C you'd be able to look at it um, and make sure everything is up to date much more easily um, and it's a database. And that's how databases are sort of meant to work. Relational databases are meant to work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good input. Um, we're going to skip this one. Uh, this is just real quick. Um, yeah, so if you're using the now function for like automations or whatnot, you need to understand now is not now. It's kind of somewhere around now mm-hmm. <laughs> it updates. Um, I think it's every 15 minutes. If I remember correctly for my testing.
1: That sounds about right to me. It, unless it, unless
0: it, there's something that happens, right? I yes. We'll refresh.
1: It waits for a record to be updated and whether or not someone is looking at the base at the time. So um, if you're like scrolling through your your tables or your views now will update every time it becomes loaded again but if no one's looking at the base then i think it's every 15 minutes while a base is dormant if you will
0: yep, yep. very good all right let's quickly move on to twitter and then we'll move on to our next segments um I guess there was an issue back in end of August with Zapier, I guess they made some changes and it broke all the zaps. I didn't Mm -hmm. actually see this. I I've got a lot of zaps, although we have our own product that I usually use, but I do use the Airtable connector on occasion. Um, but it looks like they resolved it and rolled back. Um, so if you were using Zapier and saw some funky things in August, I had to do with the renaming of of fields and it messed up all the the connectors. So that's unfortunate. Um, Okay, what's this one? Oh, yeah. So if anybody is looking for a product to build, here's somebody saying that they would pay for a hot jar for Airtable, which basically is a screen recording of all the people using Airtable to see like the changes that they're making. Um, Although I have noticed um, Airtable is getting better at showing you, especially on the trash can, you can see fields deleted by other people and restore them. I actually had to use Mm -hmm. this yesterday with a client um, who deleted stuff that wasn't supposed to. And so they're getting better at tracking all the changes. Obviously, on the record, you can see the history changes on a per record. Yeah. So I think they are getting better, but you can't see he's looking for like Hotjar will actually record mouse movements and you can actually see everything going on. So if anybody wanted to build something like that, here is a nice uh, meme going around uh, when you realize Airtable replaces a lot of apps that you've already purchased. Um, It's kind of cool. I see people replacing apps and using Airtable more and more. So that's cool to see. All right, um, this one came out in August. Um, so Airtable made its first acquisition, uh, data visualization product <laughs> that builds some pretty advanced graphs. And they actually were still in beta, so they weren't they're not a well-known company yet, but I think Airtable looked at their their technology and said, you know, we want to build that into Airtable. So, Don't be surprised if we see Airtable visualization uh, functionality increase in the coming months. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. And then real quick, we're gonna end. So there's two really good articles uh, that came out in the last six weeks. Um, This one was an analysis of how Airtable grew. So if if you wanna learn more about the company of Airtable, these next two articles are really good that dive into the history and just an analysis of their seo strategy and their marketing efforts and how they do things um i thought was really interesting if you'd like to to learn about that and then this one um is also more on the financial side and kind of comparing them where the valuation is currently so if you're interested in the financial side, if you're wondering about the stability of Airtable and how much money they've raised and how that compares to other companies, this article is, is pretty fascinating. It also talks about their employee growth and things of that nature and, and customer count. So really good in-depth articles looking at uh, Airtable as it gets more traction and more attention from people. It's, it's, it's going to be more well-known in the enterprise and software world. So with that, we're gonna move on, oops, Um, to a real quick Onto Air Spotlight. I'm not gonna go into too much detail, but I'm gonna talk about um, at Onto Air, we've been busy the last month um, focusing on Google Drive uh, integration. So using Google Docs, Google Sheets, and Google Slides as templating platforms to generate um, documents populated from your Airtable data. So if you're an Airtable or if you're an Ontario customer, you gotta check out within the actions. Um, There's a section here, Google functions. So these are Google functions to be able to um, generate a template from a Google slide or a Google sheet or a Google doc, or even Creating uh, copies. So, for example, if you have uh, standard files that you need for every customer, so every time you create a new customer, you want to copy that folder, you can automate that process, automate creating documents, copying documents into folders, dynamically saving them into folders based off of the data from Airtable. And we also have the ability to do an entire uh, view or table and sync it to a Google Sheet tab. And so you can actually sync um, Airtable data into Google Sheets and do that. And we'll be adding more functionality along this. So this is a big emphasis of ours to really go deep. You can do line items within everything. You can convert them automatically to PDF or Word doc or, or Excel files, save them as attachments back into Airtable. So full document life uh, cycle management, um, for your Google docs and, and, uh, Google drive integration. We also support, um, Google shared folders as well, uh, company folder, um, in there. So, very useful, please check it out, it's powerful. We've got great feedback coming in from early um, users and we'll be pushing it out more and more through the coming weeks. Next segment, we're gonna have Camille, if you wanna get your screen ready. Um, yeah, We're gonna do a app uh, a day and we're gonna talk about an app that is in the marketplace and Camille knows a little <laughs> bit about this one.
1: Yeah, funny uh, that.
0: Uh, Go ahead and share your screen. Um,
1: Yeah, I've sort of mentioned, I think, that I was going to be working on this app for a while. um, And then I never made it an official sort of announcement publicly that it was released. It's released, Junction Assistant. Um, I made an app that helps with, um, dealing with junction tables in Airtable. Um, it's one of the questions that I see a lot on the Airtable forums is um, dealing with linking records from one table to another table to another table to perhaps even many more. And the idea of trying to avoid coming up with duplicate records as well Um It's very difficult to do duplication detection if you're trying to look at how multiple records are related to each other that are coming from all different tables. And so uh, that's basically what my app is trying to help with, Um, available now on the marketplace. I'm just gonna give a quick rundown of uh, how it might be used. Um, I have a base here that shows Um, a few very common um, many-to-many relationships uh, type um, relationships. I was trying to think of another word. (laughs) Um, But one of the most common examples is um, an invoice or a receipt. So one person or one customer um, is ordering several things from uh, a vendor. And you want to know additional information about each item that they've purchased. So one way to do that is to have a line item table. So you can kind of see here that I have records that are linked to a particular purchase order that are also linked to a particular product with additional information added. So for in in this case, the quantity for each item that is being ordered. So, How I might use my app would be to select the purchase order line items table as the table I want to create new records in. Um, Then I would select a purchase order. I could select from any of the ones that are currently in my base. um, Or I could create a new record and it will um, add it. I'll show that in a second. Um, I'm going to select the first one because why not? And as I start filling out this sort of form to the left, you'll see existing records within my line items table that fit the bill so far. So all of the records that have purchase order line um, purchase order number one start popping up. And that kind of allows me to see that I don't want to create a duplicate of something that I already have. So next I would uh, pick whatever item that they're ordering. So you'll see the list of records that I have is different now. It's pulling from whatever um, link to another record field exists in this table. So there's there's actually no settings for this app. Once I go into settings, it's just whether or not you wanna log in to unlock certain features. Everything is sort of pulled in automatically. It just reads what the schema of your base is and any linked records that you have, linked record fields, will be pulled in automatically. So I would select a um, a product from here. You'll see I've selected one that already has been linked to this particular purchase order. So I'm, again, keeping aware that I don't want to make a duplicate of that. I'm going to try and pick one that I haven't already uh, There. So there's no matching records. Uh, I have no worries about accidentally creating a duplicate anymore. I'm also going to pick another one. And when you see that I have two um, linked records selected, I get a little warning symbol. And the reason is um, I've set up my base schema so that if I go and say customize this field type, I've turned off allow linking to multiple records for this particular field. And my app can read that and it's warning me that you're about to create a new line item record that is linked to two products. And you've already said it should only link to one. It's not gonna force you to split these apart, but it's easily fixed. If you click the warning symbol, um, you now have a blue lightning bolt. And if you read at the bottom, it says now you're creating two line item records. So what it's doing is creating two different line item records, each linked to the first purchase order, But one will be linked to the strawberry shake, and the other one will be linked to the peanut butter one. So I'm just going to click Create. Both of them have been um, added to my base, and I could go in and change the quantity if I wanted. If I click the down arrow, the second um, record that was created will be uh, popped up as well, and I could change the quantity there too. Um, If I created more records, um, I would be able to keep clicking the down arrow until I have scrolled through all of them. It won't um, delete your selection for you, but you're allowed to um, see that it updates sort of as we go. Um, I'm going to turn off the lightning bolt and just sort of demonstrate that if I had allow linking turned on, it will no longer give you the lightning bolt because it's not um, in conflict with any of your your field settings. Um, last but not least, one of the sort of, I don't want to say hidden, but the, not as obvious features of my app is if I go into the products table and then using Airtable's regular user interface, if I just select a great many number of, of records over here, I can click this blue cursor button and import the selection that I have um, on the left. Actually, let me get rid of some of these so you can see. It, star- it starts to collapse if you have too many to show. So it it picks the four that I'm including from the left-hand side. It's really useful if, if you don't wanna, you know, click this button once and then cl- select one and then click it again and select one. If it's easier for you to just select from within a grid view in Airtable, my app allows you to do that. So once again, this would be creating one light item record with all four of these linked in it. But if I wanted to split them apart, I would click the lightning bolt. You'll see that one of these Already sort of exists, so I would just take out the lemon ginger one, and I have no conflicts anymore. So now three line item records will be created, all linked to purchase order number one, and uh, that's it. If I take out purchase order, if I take out the purchase order one, it's now showing me anything in the purchase order line items table that is linked to any particular purchase order and any of these products. So. Again, it'll update as you're filling out the form. If I wanted to create a new purchase order for this, I would just do that. Um, And it would be added to the base. If I scroll all the way back over, you'll see the fifth one has been added. This is an auto number, which is why it um, was renamed for me. Um, And because it was just created, obviously, there's there's nothing linked to it, so there's no conflicts. Nice. Create, done.
0: That is very cool. And this demo is making me hungry. Sorry. (laughs) Um,
1: That is basically the gist. Well, no, there's more. But wait, there's more. Um, If you don't have a a junction table set up in your base yet, um, you can click this sort of icon over to the right hand side of where the table selector is, and you can actually create a new junction table. So you can name it, whatever you want and link to any of these are all of the tables that are in my base already. So I'm just gonna select, I don't know, all of these and click create table. It's going to think for a second. um, And then if I scroll all the way over here, junction table, you'll see I have five linked to another record fields linked to the ones I selected. And again, it's all pulled in automatically. If I start deleting these, it's removed. It's no longer um, related to this junction table that I just made. So it's no longer an an option. Very cool. Yep.
0: Well done, Camille. That's awesome. Thank you. a great tool. Very common use case. Um, very, very
1: common use case. Some of this um, functionality that I've just shown is available for free. Um, and some of it is uh, reserved for premium users. If you sign up with me, um, chameleonerapps.com, uh, you'll be able to unlock all of the functionality that I just shown. Um, but it, one thing that is definitely free and will always remain so is the duplicate detection over on the right hand side. Um, I think that's The one thing I kind of wanted to get out there and then sort of the intricacies of selecting from a grid view and like splitting records apart, um, creating multiple junction records at a time. Those are premium features. But um, if you just wanted to make sure that you're not accidentally creating duplicates, you can do that without creating an account with me.
0: All right. Awesome. Well done. So check that out in the marketplace. Download it. Play with it. And And sign up for a paid version. Support Camille in in that effort. It's always Mm -hmm. appreciated.
1: (laughs) All new accounts get a 15-day free trial with all features unlocked. So,
0: Cool. All right, next segment. I'm going to do scripting time. I mentioned um, something that that changed. If you've done uh, scripting, you will notice that lately things are getting a little bit... um, Messier and um, you'll see, let me see. I think it's this one I want to show. Um, sorry, wrong one. That one's not messy. Here we go. Okay. You'll see things like this. Lines drawn out. And at first, you're going to get freaked out because you're like, wait, that, that function is no longer available. You see these squiggly lines here on the record. So we're going to go through and see if we can fix um, how this is, how, how you can fix this. So this one right here, this is a new change. This is the one we mentioned in the round the bases that a lot of people are not happy about. Um, and basically, if you hover over it, it will give you a, a kind of a hint. It says it's deprecated. What that means is... It's deprecated with no uh, parameters passed in. So what it wants you to do is it wants you to pass in a fields parameter, so an object um, with a fields, and then this is, uh, I believe, an array mm-hmm. of um, the names. Actually, I was I only do the shortcut that I'm going to show in a second, but it actually. Um,
1: I think it should be the names.
0: Um, yeah, let me see if it's a name. Okay, yeah, so it should be an array of the names. So, and the reason we can infer of why they wanted to do this is because if you don't don't specify, which most people were not specifying the fields, um, then it's grabbing all the fields and it's grabbing all the data associated with those fields when you query for the records. And so what they're trying to do is limit the the amount of data that's being returned to help scripts move faster, run faster, and just use up less less, uh, memory on your computer. And so they're trying to get you to, to, to specify which fields you actually care about for what you need from here. And so they want you to, to specify those fields. Well, that's kind of frustrating because sometimes you don't know. So you're working down below and you want to grab a field like um, here, if you grab a, a get cell value or get cell value, a string, this right here won't work it, if, if it's not specified up in here because that field won't be retrieved. And so sometimes you're working and you want to do a new one and then you have to add it in both places. You have to come back up here and add it as a field. So, um, one easy way, which I'm sure is not their intention, but one easy way is to just simply, and, and I need to give credit to Kavan, who was the first to, to mention this from what I've seen, um, is basically grabbing the, the table, and just grabbing all of its fields. So the table fields um, like that. And that basically is an easy way to get all of the fields in there, which is basically what it is the same as if you didn't specify anything, but this no longer gives you that warning because you actually have fields in there. So that's the easy way. That's what I do to, to get rid of it. I imagine that's what most people are gonna do. Which is not what Airtable wants you to do, but developers, our goal is to try to <laughs> do things as fast as possible. And um, I usually don't run into memory issues on scripts, maybe on automations. This is more relevant, um, so that's that's the shortcut way to, to to get rid of that that error warning on there. Um, if you don't want to specify all the field names. So let's move on to, to this one. Now we're starting to get these squiggly lines. If you hover over it, it will tell you that this object is possibly null. So it's telling you that um, that you, you might be calling a function on a null object because this right here has the potential to, to be null if they don't actually select something. So there's a couple of ways that you could get rid of this warning. Um, I mean, the reality is, is the script is not going to run if you don't select something in this thing. So the script won't run if, if there's no record here. So it's kind of frustrating that you have to do this, but some ways that you might, um, well, the easiest way is if you just put a question mark right there, that basically that question mark tells it that it's okay. If it's null, like we, we know that it might be null. And so it's telling the the compiler that we're aware of the fact that this might be null. And I believe it will um, return a null value to this value as well, if record is null. Um, I'm pretty sure of that. But now this could be null as well. And so it's a bubble effect of um, everything there. So the other thing that you could do, you know, so I know that this should return an array and so then I might um, do this, which basically says, if this is null, this means or, and then this is an empty array. And so that's one quick way to, to just say, okay, if this is null, then, then I, this is gonna be an array. And you now you see that this, this squiggly line went away. And so now down here, we just do the same um, there. And then now it doesn't like that, that you can't pass in a null value to record um, and so you might have to something like that. So it's a lot more work that they're making us do as developers, which is is frustrating. Um, here again, we'll do the fields trick. And when you do this, you gotta make sure that you get the right table. So it has to be the fields from the table. So it's usually the, the table that you're selecting. Um, in there and then this one might be null so we can just pass uh, or empty array Uh, let's see okay so this one actually didn't like the updates Um, let's see what doesn't it like here
1: I think it's it, it, it won't allow you to pass an empty array so you've you know you've kind of it starts as an empty array and if there's nothing yeah, yeah.
0: Still doesn't like that Mm-mm-mm. i wonder if it doesn't like this assigned up this field might have changed let me comment this out just for yeah, so that, mm. this this field maybe doesn't exist on the table anymore, um, <clears throat> or it's not a boolean or something, so it might not be a checkbox. I might have updated that. So anyway, there's a there's a few things that you can do to get rid of your uh, squiggly lines and and strike throughs. Um, <clears throat> it is frustrating. They are trying to just guide you and give you you know help you. Because there are times where if you are using a null value, and then it will generate an error at runtime. So they're trying to help uh, preemptively um, avoid runtime errors, and so that's that's you know their their goal. But it does put a little bit more work on the developer side to um, understand. Really, if if you're not you know familiar with some of these. These error warnings, it can get frustrating to to go through that. So that is scripting time. Anything to add there, Camille?
1: Um, no. I mean, that's probably how I would have changed things as well um, to get rid of any sort of errors. I like using ternary operators a lot. I don't remember if you can use them within the scripting block.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's essentially what this one is doing. It's, I think it's short code for um, this, basically.
1: Yeah. Or yeah.
0: So that's essentially the same thing that it's doing.
1: I feel like I tried using ternary operators before, probably months ago, um, and it didn't like the syntax. But I'm glad that it, you can use them now because they do that a lot to yeah. sort of get around if uh, a, an object is null to pass it something else that isn't.
0: Yep, yep. So, and yeah, this is a short code that that is relatively new to JavaScript. It's, I don't think it's been around that long in JavaScript, but all right, let's move on. We're now gonna go on to, um, actually I'm gonna sneak in here. I'm gonna give a quick um, advertisement. If you are a consultant or expert in Airtable, I highly encourage you to check out our post um, that's in the community. If you search for OpenSiders, what OpenSiders is, is a network of experts and power users of Airtable. We meet every one to two months via Zoom, and it's a great network of people uh camille is a part of it she's a big part of it that's all you need to know but there's also other amazing people in the group um so please check it out there's a link here to a form that you fill out it's free to join um we just ask that you kind of contribute and be a part of this community help us learn from you and we'll help uh, you learn from us so it's a great way everybody's very collaborative it's a big part of it you want to give a plug for it, Camille?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know all the answers, but collectively <laughs> we know a great many number of the answers, and so it's it's just nice um, bouncing ideas off of people who um, are also well versed in this sort of um, little niche that we've all carved out, and being able to sort of bounce ideas off and ask questions, um, and sort of share experiences and. Um, so far, I think it's just been uh, beneficial to me. And hopefully I've been beneficial to everyone else in the group.
0: Yep, for sure. So sign up there. We're, we're um, closing up uh, our second class. We had a first class about a year ago and we're adding a new group of uh, people. So we've already got some joining. So if you're interested, now's the time to, to sign up and, and join us. And we'll be um, closing that class out in the next coming weeks. So sign up there. All right. We're going to end up. We're a little bit over. So we'll see how uh, we do here. So if you want to share your screen again, Camille. Sure. We're going to finish off with an audience question.
1: Okay. So... Um, we've been gone for several months, and so my problem was trying to figure out a question to answer, and I've just chosen one for for today. Um, we had a question about um, base structure, and I think this this might be one of those things where Airtable might help, and it might not, depending on you know a hidden additional sort of item that's not really mentioned in this post. Um, it involves like categorizing a bunch of different zip codes into zones and then matching people to a particular zone based on their zip code. And another thing about adding a unique sort of identifier for um, products. So when I say, I think this probably can be solved in Airtable and um, It depends on whether or not the base needs to auto match um, a zip code to a zone based on proximity. Um, So using uh, GIS or um, any sort of geographical um, analysis or if you have a list of zip codes and you already know what zone they're in, then that's easy. So I've taken it to mean that they sort of already know which zip codes belong in which zone. Um, And I've sort of created just the bare bones of a base structure that sort of demonstrates what that is. So they said they had eight zones. So I put in just eight simple records for zones linking to a table full of zip codes. Um, And I've just had a few zip codes filled in linking to which zone they're in. And then now um, if I create really quickly, just a table for, something um, and then add a um, a field for what the zip code would be. I can add a um, lookup field for what zone it's in. So you can imagine if I'm putting in the address for one, two three Fake Street or something, and then I pick what my zip code is from my established list, then I can already pull in what the zone is. Um, there's some caveats. Um, if you're having people fill out a form, for instance, and their zip code isn't already in your base, then they won't be able to add a new zip code. So some another option might be... Um, if you have like a zip code default field, and let's make this a number, because in the original base I set up, all zip codes are um, using a number field. If I have one that isn't in there um, already, I think this one, um, you can have your, your customers or whoever's filling out this information, fill out a table or fill out a form rather using the zip code default field and then set up an automation that will copy this field into this one, which will create a new record in your zip codes base or zip codes table. And then you'd be able to assign it the appropriate zone. So it's not ideal depending on the sort of specifics of the question being asked, but um, I think it gets you in sort of the right direction and allows you to kind of wrap your head around how the base might be structured um or at least how i would structure it if i were starting from scratch very cool and then lastly they had one um question about adding a unique identifier uh, or unique access code um by default all record um record ids for a table are unique so what i would do is just use some variation of the record id they all are prefixed with um rec at the beginning if you wanted to get rid of um the beginning portion you would just edit what this formula is i have it just right now spitting out what the record id is i would probably um add a write function and i can't remember off the top of my head how many characters are in a record ID. I think it's 17 by default. So if I instead do the 14 rightmost characters, you get rid of the REC at the front. And now you have a unique access code that will never be repeated. So that one's the easy one to solve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Thank you, Camille, for that and for being. With us again, we're excited to uh, kick off another season of Built on Air. We hope you join us next week and every week, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. And we'll be with you. We hope to have many guests on uh, joining us and learning more about Airtable together. So until then, we'd love to see what you guys are built on Air, And don't uh, be afraid to shout out and let us know what you want to see next. Take care. Bye, guys. thank you for joining today's episode we hope you enjoyed it be sure to check out our sponsor ontair.com and we will see you next time on the built on air podcast